within a bleak and dismal swamp, hidden beneath its murky waters, lies the headquarters of the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dams. The meeting will come to order. The Legion of Dans is now in session. It is the purpose of the Legion to align our infamous forces against the power of sad collectors and defeat them, leaving us the rulers of the toy world. To do this, we have gathered together four of the most ruthless and happy toy fans on Earth. The noisy Daniel Lynch. The flexible plastic Dan Newman. The pixelated Dan Erdley. Not to mention the wise old elder and insider myself, Daniel Pickett. We are the Legion of Dan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Legion of Dan's. I am Daniel Pickett. I'm Danny Newman. I'm Daniel Lynch. And I'm Pixel Dan Erdley. And I know we said that we were going to start strong and, and be a monthly podcast, and we've already shot past one month. Oh, no. I know. We missed a month. Are you sure? But, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that first, yeah, that first episode was so long, it counts as two. I mean, that's right. All the months kind of But there was a lot of stuff going on in that month. Yes, there was. Uh, <laughs> just a, a cra- like, uh, me personally, I think I've been to, we're in what, May now? I've been to nine different major conventions. What? Wow. Just in this amount of time. That's... And that's too many. Oh <laughs> that's overload. <laughs> You know, I don't. And I don't I, think there. I don't think there will ever be a like kind of a slow month. You know, we talked about it before. We're living in the golden age of you know geek culture and genre stuff, and I, I don't think we're, we will ever be at a loss for stuff to talk about. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, Just with what happened with Star Wars alone, yeah, last month, <laughs> that could fill the rest of the year with episodes. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, like, uh, Pixel Dan, you went to C2E2, right? I did go to C2E2, yes, just this past April here. I've never been to that show. How is that? That's a really good show. Um, It's put on by the same guys that do New York Comic Con. So it's it's I've heard many people say it's very similar to that and it's really growing like with every year. Um I was shocked this year to walk in and just see how crowded it was because I think this was its fifth year, so I've been going ever since they started it, and that first year it was so laid back and small, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of people walking around, but it was really cool. And this year, it's you're totally doing the con shuffle through the floor, you know, with all the people around you. It was oh, yeah. it was pretty intense, but it's a very fun show. Um, you know, and, and Marvel's always out there, and Diamond Select was out there, and... Um, Tamashi Nations was out there, Bluefin. So, like, a, a lot of the, the bigger companies attend it, and you can tell that it's definitely on the rise. It's a very cool show. It's nice having something like that in the Midwest. Um, right. Because we, yeah, we don't get a lot of that kind of stuff here. We used to have Wizard World yeah. Chicago, mm-hmm. which is still around, but it's not what it used to be, <laughs> you know? No, okay. Yeah, Wizard World Chicago is, is <laughs> unfortunately, these days, it's like, come get autographs from 
old pro wrestlers and pseudo celebrities. That's all Wizard World can, has turned into these days. It feels like in Chicago, at least. Um, but yeah, C2E2 is like a, a straight up comic convention. It's really cool. Uh, nice. Forgive my ignorance. What does C2E2 stand for? Uh, Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo. Okay. And you also hit JoeCon. That was I in your backyard, did. right? Yeah, it was right here in Springfield in my hometown, which was really wild because I have never had a show here in Springfield. Um, and while we're the capital of Illinois, we're very pretty small. I mean, we're we're a city, but we're not like a city. You know what I mean? Like it's, we're not like a Chicago or anything like that. Um, so it was really crazy because JoeCon was literally at the convention center that's next door to my day job. Wow. Yep. So like it was fun. Like looking out the window from my office and seeing like cosplayers walking around down there, like preparing for the show. And like, I literally walked over there on my break to see what was going on. And, and people were like, Hey, you're pixel Dan. And I'm like, Hey, I'm on break from work. This is weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like worlds are colliding. Worlds are colliding. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of coworkers were like kind of, uh, making fun of me, not making fun of me, but like laughing at the situation, because they were like, "What if we walk over there and people recognize you?" And then we walked over there and people recognized me, and they were like, <laughs> "They were like, this is crazy," you know? They thought it was awesome. So yeah, yeah, it was a cool. really fun show. It was cool. That's, it's really cool to have a convention so close. I, I don't know how close you live to work, but like to already be there and it's just across the street. That's great. I, yeah, and my house is five minutes away, so it was really cool too because I, I actually covered the show, so I was like. You know, I'm in my hometown, so why not? Because Hasbro revealed, you know, all the new uh, Joe stuff and everything. So, like, it was it was awesome because I, I filmed the panel, then I drove to my house and edited it and uploaded it, drove back over to the convention center, oh. interviewed Hasbro, <laughs> went back home, uploaded the video. It was like, I was like, I wish I could do this at every convention I'm at. Oh, yeah, there. that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, as, as, we're, as we're starting to, you know, mentally prepare for San Diego Comic-Con... Oh. You know, I, th- I think over the years I've pretty much experienced every sort of transportation mode from getting to a hotel to the convention center. And yeah. fortunately, in the last few years, I've been able to walk. And, and, that's, and that is not something to be taken for granted. Oh, no. because, because when you can't walk and there's something like trolleys or trains or trams or whatever necessary to get from your hotel to the con it adds a whole nother level of anxiety and stress really does um i'm lucky because last year and this year i got the same hotel i'm right down the street so i'll get to i get to walk which is so helpful yeah Um, oh nice because like i've got a shuttle that i could get on but it's literally faster for me just to walk down the street to the hotel than it is to wait for the shuttle bus to you know pick me up and take me there so i just i just walk because yeah i'm walking everywhere that weekend anyway why not add a few (laughs) extra blocks (laughs) to my walk um, totally. But yeah, I've I've been there years where I was really far away and had to take that trolley all the way back and forth, and it's like not even worth it to try sometimes, like getting yeah. back and forth to do stuff. Yep. And uh, Dan Newman, you got uh, Phoenix Con coming up in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Um, and the reason I was kind of thinking about that is because Phoenix Con is. You know, PhoenixCon has been going on for quite a while, um, and when I first moved out to Phoenix about 12 years ago, it was held in a neighboring town called Glendale, just in a little civic center, very small, one room, and it kind of grew out of that and moved to a location in Mesa, which is another neighboring town, and it was there for a few years, finally got big enough for it to actually move to Phoenix, 
Oh, but, nice. Yeah, of course. All the, I mean, it's always been called Phoenix, you know, Comic Con, but only for the last I don't know maybe four four-ish years has it actually been in Phoenix. And it's right downtown where I live, and I can, you know, it's a little bit of a walk, but I can walk there too, which is which is really nice. Excellent. Yeah, I went to uh, Emerald City Comic Con for the first time oh, this year. How was that? It's it's interesting. I mean, if, for them up in the Pacific Northwest, it's a great show. But having been to some of these other big shows all the time, it's a very different vibe. Oh yeah, I bet the. The convention center is built over the freeway, and the convention takes place on, I think, five different stories. Really? So, yeah. Whoa. So there are these kind of small floors stacked on top of each other, uh, and that took a little bit of getting used to. Because, you know, when you think about, like, San Diego Comic-Con, where it's like 16 football fields that you're just walking from one end to the other. Yeah. So so to be like, well, what floor was that on? Where was that? You know? <laughs> Uh, but you know, the people there seem very, very excited by it. Uh, got to see some friends and I, some people that I've never met before, uh, some toy collectors and, uh, you know, catching up with some old friends too. So that, that wasn't so bad. Are you guys, any of you, uh, like, uh, pixel Dan, are you going to go up to Mego meet or anything? That's in Chicago this year, oh, right? You know, I, I've never actually even heard of that one. Mego. Is, meet, oh, huh? is that in, is that in Chicago, Daniel? This year it is. It's, it normally it always takes place in Wheeling, West Virginia. West Virginia. Right. Wow, but they're uh, coming to Chicago. Yeah, they are. Oh. They're going now. <laughs> Dan, yeah, you should look into that. That would be cool. Yeah, I think. I'll, when is it? Do you know off the top I of your head? Early June. Okay. Can I send you my wish list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might it's, look into that. That might be fun to check out. It's the first weekend in June, I believe. First weekend, okay. Well, it might complicate things because that's my wife's birthday, and you guys know my Ooh. you know my track record with doing things on uh, <laughs> wife type holidays. I just Uh-oh. drug my wife to a little con on on Mother's Day this oh, past man. weekend. <laughs> and every single year, Toy Fair falls and on Valentine's exactly, Day. Exactly. Yeah, Daniel and I both have to go to Toy Fair every year in February on pushing Valentine's your Day. Luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Birthday might be pushing it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe just follow that coverage online. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And there was that, uh, so I did that, and then I also, uh, the other really big one I went to was Star Wars Celebration was here in Anaheim, which is next door to Los Angeles. And I'm so so jealous of everybody that went to that this year. Somehow somehow that just wasn't on my radar, and then all of a sudden it was happening, and I'm like... I could have gone to Anaheim. <laughs> what am I doing? You could have. That's right. Yeah. That's not, that's not a terrible jog. Nope. But yeah, you know, I went to the, I don't know, it was right after episode three, I think, the last time they had it here in Los Angeles. And, you know, that show was, you kind of did it in a day and it was fine. But this year, you know, this was the year as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, to go to it this looked thing. like yeah. it. I think I went to Star Wars Celebration 2 in Indianapolis. So that was right before Episode 2 came out. Right. Um, so, yeah, and it was – it seemed like it was a very different show then compared to what it was this year. I mean, oh, yeah. this year looked like the one to be at for sure. Totally. And it was – you know, it was just great, just the level of uh, excitement. You know, everyone was just you – know, they did that – the trailer oh. for the opening ceremonies, and they actually had those – new stormtroopers walking around the whole time. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, just the, there were 
hundreds of remote-controlled full-size R2-D2s. They had built all these props and sets and, you know, just the cosplayers. I mean, it was great as a Star Wars fan. I really enjoyed that show. And I am telling you, all of us who were home watching were extremely jealous. And I swear, productivity around the world that Thursday went, you know, around to a standstill. Yeah. It was it was worse that like I kept seeing pictures from all these people that you know I know like Daniel was posting stuff and you know all these people I'm like I know all these people and they're all there and I'm not and I hate them all they're all jerks. <laughs> but man, that, that. But to be fair, I was not there on Thursday. I was supposed to be there on Thursday and I had uh, an appointment that I had to go to, so I could not go. Oh. So I was also sitting in my you know pajamas. Thursday morning, watching the live feed, uh, all that, wishing that I was there. Yeah. Like, why didn't I go do that? How cool was <laughs> but, it, though, that they did the live feed thing? Like, that was nice that they had. Oh, that, that was, was really awesome. nice, yeah. Yeah. And Yes, indeed. And that trailer. How many times have you guys all watched that trailer? Because I can tell you that I've watched it way more times than I probably need to, but I still get excited every time I watch it, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah I, I've absolutely lost count. I think I've, I've added up to the length of the movie by this point. How many yeah. Times I've it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, just the sort of surprise of, well, here's kind of a teaser for uh, Rogue One. Yeah. I was never expecting that. And I know there was no, you know, there's no script and there's no, nothing shot yet. But the fact that they actually had... ILM cut that together was like that was really cool. Well, and just the, like the concept that they announced behind that movie, like the idea behind it is that it's when they're stealing the Death Star plans, right? Like before Episode Four, kind of a thing is like the whole idea. Correct. Yeah. Like that's yeah. amazing, and I had no idea that like the whole timeline was open for like making movies. Like I knew they were doing these spinoffs, but I didn't know they were going to be jumping around in the timeline like that. And that is such a great idea for a movie. So I'm excited. Yeah. A Star Wars movie with no Jedi's, essentially. Right? Yeah. That's the time before any of them pop back up. So that's cool. Never seen anything like right. that. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, how about Daniel Lynch? Anything you've been uh, out and about? Did you hit free comic book day or anything? Uh, no, I didn't even do that. I had to work. So, oh. Yeah. No, I, I am as I'm as boring as can be on this on this particular topic. Um, work work has been wonderful. So that's that's good. I get out of the house. I go there. They give me money. That's right. Uh, that's good. Keeps you out of the pool hall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Danny, the rest of you guys hit uh, your local free comic book days? I, I did not. I did not either. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. We're, we're bad comic book people. Where's Wins Free Toy Day? That's yeah, I mean. Why isn't that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, in some years they have had free toys they, and free comic Okay. They've they've done a couple of mini mates and they've done a couple uh, of uh, hero clips. No, it was um diamond diamond and their Stargate figures at Free Comic Book Day. That was oh, all the paint. there was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like T shirt versions of the characters. It was those were tough to get at the time, even though they were yeah. they were free, right? <laughs> huh. Yeah, I'm, I remember going to try and get the the hero clicks and some, and I did get the mini mates. I remember that just said like Free Comic Book Day on it. <laughs> right, right, those were the best. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the little blank guys that just had like the little t-shirts yeah. on and stuff. Yep. Yeah, Daniel. I don't know why I just love those. Daniel, you've been going to that same comic shop in Manhattan Beach uh, for for a long time now, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I have the comic book. Those guys are great. great. 
And they actually this year uh, did free Comic Con. So they have opened a second location. Actually, they bought uh, a second location. Uh, there was a, one in Culver City, uh, Comics Inc., the guy was retiring. Mm. And they thought it was important that there there still be a comic book shop in that neighborhood. So they that's the second comic bug location now. And they rented out the Culver City Teen Center, and they put on a free comic book convention. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Like, Kotobukiya showed up. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. I mean, they they had face painting, and they just do it upright. They're great. They, they love the community. Like, Mike, one of the guys that owns that shop... He goes into the schools and the libraries and teaches how to write comics, and he's uh, it just really involves the community, getting them into that comic book shop. They do that's great concerts in the comic book shop. They have like stand up comedy nights there. They uh, I've actually just been invited to start going to poker nights on a couple of Saturdays. Uh, you know, they do a lot of the gaming stuff. Yeah. As far as like magic and Pokemon and. Well, you know, I was just going to say it's it's rare to hear a com- about a comic book shop that's actually like expanding and not going under. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. sure it has a lot. To, you know, in that in that case, it sure has a lot to do with them kind of, you know, sort of diversifying and you know spreading out and kind of including other activities under the under the scope of the of the shop. Yeah, and really just making it. Uh, a community hangout. I think that's yeah. that's really important. Like trying to make it an alternative to, you know, screwing around and getting in trouble. You know, like <laughs> come here, read some comics, talk to people. You know, just have fun. So, yeah, they're they're doing it right there. I really really like that shop. Uh, this year they, however, did not. Normally on Free Comic Book Day, they have the Mattel. Comic Con exclusives mm-hmm. on display, but Mattel did not reveal them in time. So uh, this is the first time in a couple of years that I have not got to see them. Oh, they are kind of late this time, aren't they? I didn't even like yeah, really they announced, put that together. Yeah. So normally they've announced all announced them by Free Comic Book Day, but this year they did not. And so, and so the so the owners of Comic Bug have a connection relationship with the folks at Mattel. Well, it was Scott Knightlick, Toy Guru. That was where he bought his comics. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, when he was at Mattel, he would, you know, just bring them over there because it was the the comic book shop closest to right uh, Mattel. Right, right. So, but I guess the the new folks didn't uh, yeah. are, are not uh, doing that. So, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> well, there there were so many reveals that they just couldn't get them all over there. So many. <laughs> So many well, I think there's more coming, didn't they say? It's not just those it two. It did say there was more coming. It, it did say. I'm just being yeah. mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they'll be, but you know, we'll see. I keep getting messages going, Pixel Dad, tell me there's going to be more. I'm like, I I know as I much as you guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a little, little, little different this year, but... It's okay. It's money saved. Less time in line. Yeah. yeah. Every time there's not exclusives that I want to buy, I consider that a win. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I yeah, I've got like the one, you know, NECA announced that clear predator oh, that looks like I you know. know. Oh. Kenner one. Oh. It's like, well, I'm going to be in line for that. And I know that. Mezco just announced that like clear sub zero, which I kind of want the Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, that looks great too. And, yeah, so they're already starting to pop up, and I'm like, oh no, here comes the, yep. here goes the money. <laughs> yep. 
deadly. It's deadly. That's how they get us. Every time. Yep. Well, one of the things I know we want to talk about this month was 2015 movies. Like, what have we seen so far? What is coming out that we're looking forward to? And uh, just uh, anyone want to start off? I'm sure, have we all seen Avengers by now? Avengers 2? Uh, I have. Yes. Yep. We definitely all right, have. So we can get so the no spoilers. The <laughs> 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 and did we all enjoy it? Yes. Yes. Very much. I am I am just I don't know everything Marvel is doing I'm such a geek for right now so like they would have had to do something pretty terrible for me not to love the movie <laughs> but I mean just I was pleasantly surprised by how awesome it actually was like I I loved it so much I thought it was so much fun fun and keyword man fun the Marvel movies are so fun I love that yeah definitely one thing I was surprised by um, going into it, um, and maybe I could have caught it. I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to the pre-mark. I just I know I'm going, and I, I try not to see too much. But I was really surprised by um, Ultron himself, just because I was kind of in this mindset of just thinking this robotic voice or this this you know more you know just computer villain, and then they just completely didn't play it that way, and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it I was didn't... so much more fun. Right. I didn't expect him to be as snarky as he ended yeah, up being, yeah. but I loved that. Totally. Um, and then it made sense, too. It totally clicked because uh, some friends in, of mine and I were talking about it, too. Like, they even mentioned in the movie somewhere that Ultron is Tony Stark's baby, basically. Yeah. So his mannerisms are very Tony Starkish. That's why he was very snarky oh. like that. He was totally – because there was even that scene where, like, he said that line and Tony was like, I was just about to say that. Or, like, he was yeah, a, a yeah. few seconds ahead of him or whatever. So, he did that. And yeah. then there was another one where he, he said – he repeated it something that Tony always says to a certain person. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And, and he got – and he didn't yeah. handle it very well when he was told that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and it, it made really sense. Because cool. uh, I know that some people were upset that the um, – because that, I saw a lot of that, too. Or a little, oh, not a lot, but a little where it's like, that's not how Ultron is and blah, blah, blah. But it was that point that – that Ultron in the comics is, is made by Hank and this is Tony's Ultron. So, and it made perfect sense then. I'm like, well, there you go. That's why. Like, yeah. yeah. Although I do think yeah, it thought... would be funny to see Michael Douglas's Ultron, I guess now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've, for me, it was just like, I, you never thought they would go deep enough to ever get to Ultron in a movie, yeah. right. you know, like growing up, like, well, that's never going to happen. Just, and it was sort of because the technology didn't exist. That's true. Yeah. You know, back then to do something like that, if it did, it would look preposterous. It'd look like, you know, number five from short circuit or something. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, getting into those really deep Marvel cut. And again, it's the same thing for vision, like having vision in a movie. Are you kidding? Yeah. Vision was amazing. I, you know, same, same with like Daniel Lynch, like he was saying, try not to, I tried not to completely inundate myself with spoiler type info. I wanted to go in as, you know, as fresh as possible. And I sort of just kept assuming that vision was just going to maybe show up at the very end. And it was just going to be a very short, you know, segment or something. And I was pleasantly surprised at his role in the movie and just how amazing Vision was. Yeah. 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 He, he was, was my favorite was... part. You yeah. know, same thing. I mean, there was a lot of cameos that I that I sort of wasn't expecting. I honestly, I didn't even know that War Machine was going to have much of a role in the movie. I didn't know Falcon was going to be in the movie. 
And none of these were gratuitous. They didn't feel like they were just kind of shoved in there just to get more characters in there. Um, even even like uh, even, a, you know, Peggy Carter, you know, that was cool that, you that know, was they, they made moment. it work for her to be in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves out of 2015, but they've just announced, like, who all is going to be in Civil uh, War. Civil War, yeah. it's just like, which is basically can that be Aven- right now, please? Yeah, that, that just sounds like Avengers 3, basically. Pretty I much, mean, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be so good. Yeah. I just, man, the thing that I love so much about what Marvel's doing is for years when I would see, you know, like the Sony Spider-Man movies back in the day when they were the, you know, the hot thing, I always loved them, but I used to always say, like, why can't, the movie start with him just like randomly fighting somebody like shocker. Why can't we, why do we have to have like an origin story and a death of every villain that he gets? Why can't all these other little things be happening in the city? You know, just little throws of the comic and they never did stuff like that. And Marvel now is doing all that kind of stuff, you know, like how amazing is it that we got this scene where they went to, the Wakanda and Claw was there and, you know, he oh. stole the vibranium and all this cool nods to with Black Panther, which is for we already know is coming up at some point. And just the little things like that to make us like really geek out is just what adds an extra level of excitement to these movies to me. It completely yeah. blows my mind that all of this is tying together like I, just just a cynical side of me would have thought it, it could just never happen, that all of these movies would be cross referencing one another on top of the TV shows yeah, uh, the, that, that the, are yeah, happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, who, who knows if if um, Agent Coulson will ever show up in a movie again. It seems like maybe not based on, you know, just... Well, they all still think he's dead, too. They all still think he's dead. <laughs> and even in the show, that you know, like, he has to maintain that. Like, when yeah. there, there was the cameo with, uh, with Lady Sif, you know, he made sure to tell her Thor can't know about this, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. they're, they're kind of working it in like that. Um, but, like... The episode of Agents of Shield the week before uh-huh. Ultron came out, and then the one after, after it came out, like yeah. just perfectly bookend the movie. Um, just it's just unbelievable that it's they're, that it's all kind of coming together like this. It is, and they're doing it well enough to where you don't have to watch Agents of Shield. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. like I'm sure there's more people saw Avengers than actually watch Agents of Shield. No doubt about it. So, but they're not missing anything. But right. for all those people who do watch Agents of Shield, you get that extra little bit of story and excitement, you know, because yeah. that, with that episode before the movie ended, where you found out that Coulson's little <laughs> hidden agenda the whole time has been this whole build up to finding the Loki staff and calling in the Avengers and right, 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 and yeah. then that happens and then the movie starts exactly where that episode <laughs> like ends. It's like what? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, it was so cool to see. Yeah. Well, and uh, did you guys? You know, this we're stepping away from movies slightly, but did you guys get to watch Daredevil, which is essentially a thirteen-hour movie? Yeah, I'm watching yeah. it now, and I oh, I love it so much. But ex- I, I'm, but it. It's a major plot point that part of the reason why Hell's Kitchen is in trouble is because of what happened in Avengers One. Right? Yeah. They yeah. keep referencing the New York incident, and they the New York incident, yeah, yeah. And but then there's also lots of like they talk about Captain America and stuff. Like they throw the names out there all the time, so it's it's yeah. crazy. I love it. You know, and I was thinking about it the other day, like how much I really, really hope that Daredevil shows up in Civil War somehow, some way. And I, I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm assuming he will. 
Um, but then it dawned on me, like, you know, almost as much as I want to see Daredevil uh, in, in one of the movie roles, I want to see Kingpin. <laughs> well, and, and with that, Daredevil is just, I mean, and, you know, that, um, what's his name? Uh, D'Onofrio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, God, just, just an amazing character. He's so good. Yeah. Well, and but in the comic Civil War, wasn't Matt Murdock one of the lawyers on one of the sides? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, so. that could be cool. Just well, and I and I keep thinking about too, like you know, Kingpin is also a Spider-Man villain, right? And they've got you know the Spider-Man agreement now, and you know, oh gosh, there, when there was that big plot point too in the comics too, after you know Spider-Man unmasked himself, and then yeah. Kingpin had Aunt May killed or whatever, right? And that was all a big thing. So I mean, I don't know, just thinking about the potential things that yeah. could be happening is always really exciting. How much do we know about the agreement with Sony for Spider-Man? Uh, I mean, they they let on a little bit. Well, they and but we know that Kevin Feige gets to be involved. Yeah. In some of the decision making in the Sony world going forward, so okay. that I feel like is a good sign. It is a good sign, and they did say that the Spider-Man movie that they're doing is going to still take place within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it is. Oh, that's cool. It's it's going to maintain being connected. Um, and in an interview that Feige just did recently, he said that once Spider-Man gets introduced in Civil War or whatever, he's going to be already. Spider-Man. They said Spider-Man is already ex- in existence in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We just haven't met him yet. Okay. So that's cool. He's swinging around in New York right now. We just haven't seen him yet. I like that. You know, okay. that's cool yeah. to know that he exists. Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten his origin a couple of times already. We don't need it. Yeah. 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 Oh, we God. don't need it. <laughs> no. No. Just everyone knows who he is. Yeah, so, yeah, Avengers, great seeing, you know, uh, the the I, can we spoil it already? Well, I think okay? we're we're pretty far along. <laughs> <laughs> Put a big spoiler warning saying, in the description to this episode. Yeah, seeing, seeing Thanos at the end, oh, yeah. you know, pop up. Yeah. It's like okay, we're setting up for some big stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of kind of this like, well, I better do this myself type type scene. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Because he just keeps trying to get all those the Infinity Stones. We've seen all these stones popping up in all these different movies, and so, so I, I mean, so, so like two stones kind of left, right? And if I'm not mistaken, maybe the next one in Guardians two, and then maybe another one in Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange unless, would be a good place to find one, unless they show up in Ant Man. Yeah, <laughs> think there'd be one in Ant Man. There could be. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on how much they want to tie that stuff in. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, and they already confirmed Ant-Man's going to be in Civil War, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love Marvel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't... So you guys, you saw the, the new Ant-Man trailer, I assume, yeah. that came out yeah. right around that oh, time. Yeah. That looks like a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and who knew Thomas the Tank would steal the show? Man. Anyway. How that... great is that scene? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, and Yellow Jacket looks awesome. Like, yeah. it, it, One of the other things I really like about Marvel, too, is they seem to do a really good job of making all of their movies kind of feel a little different from each other. You know, like they all are still in the same universe, but right. all these characters almost have their own genre for the for movies, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Guardians is totally a sci-fi flick, and, and Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier was totally like this espionage kind of flick. And, yeah. 
You know, and Daredevil on TV is very much like the dark, gritty, mature rated version of the Marvel Universe. So they found this great balance to make everything still exist in the same world, but every character has their own genre. And Ant-Man feels like something different, but still feels like Marvel when you're looking at the trailers for it. So, And that's got to be hard to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you think about it, just like, you know there's people in this world going, not another superhero movie. But they haven't just been making superhero movies. No. Right. And, and, and I think... Winter Soldier especially kind of put put a fine point on oh, that, wow. you know, because it is those sort of espionage political thrillers of the 70s. So much so you put Robert Redford in it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. If it's not too on the nosy, look who's here. Yeah. Uh, but it's very, very smart. But that, that's got to be hard to do. Yeah. I think in some ways, that, I mean, I, I agree that it's hard, but I think it also gives them, you know, more flexibility. Because if, like, going back to how we're saying Civil War is kind of Avengers three, it is because of that cast. But if you think about what Civil War is going to really kind of have to entail in terms of like plot and what it's kind of kind of have to, the the material it's going to have to cover, it does fit more into that Captain America movie mold yes. than it would for an Avengers mold. It wouldn't yeah, really right. necessarily make a good Avengers movie, but it would fit with Cap two. Yeah, because Avengers is very much your big action-packed, you know, summer movie. That's right. totally what Avengers is. And, big and if action. Avengers three weighed yeah. it down, <laughs> like yeah, like oh okay, <laughs> like but I think as Cap, it's going to be great. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, because we know what is technically Avengers three is so big it has to be in two films. Oh my gosh, yes. man. That's going to be mayhem. I can't even imagine because you know they're going to throw in everybody by the end of those movies. Like we're going to see everybody, and it's going to be yeah. nuts. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, even just you know watching Daredevil, uh, you, you know, you get to the end of that thing, and it's like, oh, I haven't gotten well, to the end yet. <laughs> well, but I'm, it's, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. But okay, what the how they announced the Netflix thing was was going to work is they do Daredevil, then they do Jessica Jones, uh-huh. then they do uh, Power or uh, Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist, and then we'd move on the Defenders. Right. And you go, well, you hear that, and you go, that's awesome. But you get to the end of Daredevil, and you go, hold on, I want more Daredevil. Right. Yeah. Like, where's when's that coming? And they thank goodness announced that they they are going to start work on. Daredevil season two, but right. you know, with that initial announcement, it's like we're not going to see Daredevil, you know, for another three years. And Defenders, if if Defenders, you know their original, yeah. if their original, uh, you know, press releases to be believed. Well, and, so. and I remember when they that in, uh, initial press release when they announced all that also said that it's very possible we'll be seeing the Defenders in the films too once this is all established. So we probably will be seeing these guys crossing over, especially by the time of the Infinity Wars. You know, we'll probably right. be seeing those guys in the films, which is so cool. Yeah. And they announced the second season of Agent Carter. I got to throw that out there, too, because I'm so excited about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Agent Carter was and that, so good. And just the way they keep building in other Marvel characters that you don't even expect yeah. to, to fill in, you know, these worlds, like having uh, the Night Nurse and Daredevil. Uh huh. like. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> who is thinking of this? Who's sitting in a room going, you know who that should be? You know, that, that's just amazing. Yeah. That's that 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 someone cares enough about this stuff as, as we do, and that actually made it to be in charge, uh, so that we're all getting what what we have basically been told was impossible. Right. Right. 
It's a good time. Good time to be a geek. Uh, heck yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the DC world, they're like, let's make everybody Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, for the DC world right now, I'm really excited about the TV universe. Yeah, I keep hearing how good Green Arrow and Flash is, and I haven't started those yet. But I, I'm I haven't either. Oh, I thought you were talking about Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go, yeah. which is also amazing. <laughs> you know what else is amazing? Young Justice, and they canceled that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Curses, curses. But uh, yeah, but you know the fact that you know you can turn on your TV and you know half of Superpowers Wave Two is interacting. <laughs> like for me, that's fair. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, I'm watching Firestorm and the Atom and Arrow and Flash, and they're all hanging out, and yeah. other people are coming in, like they're fighting Gorilla Grodd and Captain Cold, and it's like, come on, yeah, that's pretty cool. And now they've, you know, the Supergirl has been picked up, which is by the same team as Arrow and Flash, just on a different network. Uh, we know that there's that Legends of the, what is it called? Legends of the, I don't even know the name of it Tomorrow? now. Legends of Tomorrow, yeah, which is the third CW spinoff that is going to have hot girl and you know all sorts of people on that's it. cool see i've always yeah. i've always felt like dc has done pretty well with their animation and the tv yeah. shows for sure like that's definitely where dc has always shined agree i just wish they'd get their movie universe a little more straightened out and and, con- and connect them i'm, I'm kind yeah. of the thing too that there's two flashes and it's like it's kind of like they're just signaling that we're, we're not either interested or capable in doing what marvel's uh-huh. doing uh-huh like because I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of The Flash. I've only seen like an episode or two, because um, we we don't really have CW here. Um, and uh, that stinks. You need to write your comic. I, I know. <laughs> well, I don't like him either. The uh, <laughs> the um, um, so I've I haven't you know I haven't seen the episodes, but I mean what I have seen, he is he is fun and good, and he's what you would want a Flash to be. And then, but then, like Dan said, there's already going to be this flash in this movie that's probably like he said it's probably gonna act like batman so i'm like i don't i don't i'm like just take this flash you've already all, you've, it, it works just use it figure yeah. it out they're all dark and gritty and brooding in the dc movies yeah well yeah dc has always been so funny and i i feel like they're getting a little better about it but you back in the day you remember when they were talking about spinning off aquaman out of smallville right. oh yeah mm-hmm. they they issued the edict that, well, Aquaman can't be in, you know, Batman animated, Superman animated, or Justice League, because that will just confuse people. Oh so, so we're pulling Aquaman out of that show. Right. <laughs> and then Marvel's because like, somehow, yeah, look. I know, right? Marvel's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, really? We'll confuse people? We beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. And, and it seemed like DC had finally kind of gotten over that, but now they've, you know, they pulled Deadshot out of yeah. the Arrow universe yep, yep. because they don't want to confuse Will Smith fans. <laughs> I think Will Smith just needs to man up and do the show. Just, right. We'll have to recast him, I know, but just go do Deadshot on the show and, and make it work. I agree. <laughs> so, well, what other what other 2015 movies uh, have you guys seen this year, and or what are you looking forward to? I have not seen anything else because I, I don't go to the theater yet because I'm I'm not comfortable with babysitters. So sure. The uh, <laughs> um, but I, I do know that I mean coming up I mean there's a lot of um, 
um, the nerd movies. I mean, of course, uh, Star Wars, of course, is this year, I think, right at the very end. It's December. That'll be in uh, December, December. yeah. Um, uh, there's a new Terminator. There's a new Bond. Like, I'm looking forward to both of those. Um, and then uh, um, Jurassic Jim, World. Jurassic one. World. There you go. And I was yep. Jim in the holograms. Actually, that's my other nerdy one. That yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited about that. I I read a little clip of some, from something somewhere today about Jim and the holograms that basically had a headline like I forget what it said, but be, brace yourselves because this is not what you're expecting and. Um, whatever the exact, you know, I didn't watch that as a kid. I don't know too much about it, but whatever kind of the makeup of the storyline was of the cartoon when we were kids, the movie has nothing to do with that. Yeah, there's no synergy in the movie, and and there's no no misfits, I think. Well, no misfits. So are we saying she's not truly outrageous? (laughs) Yeah. Remains to be seen. <laughs> I, I'm still interested. I'm okay with that, just because as much as as much as like I, like Transformers, G.I. Joe, Jim, I, all those cartoons, I, I didn't care when it, they all just came on and I watched them all, so I, I don't worry about it. But that the the premise for Jim, because um, they tried to do this in the comic, and which was it was it was a decent first comic, um, but it's very 80s, like it's very stuck in the 80s in its own way. So I don't necessarily yeah. need them to recopy it because it doesn't necessarily maybe work 30 years later. Okay, um, but they totally just should have set the movie in the '80s. It could have been a period. That's actually exactly that's actually what I was going to say. That, like, yeah. if they really wanted to keep it true, they really would have had to have just gone back. And and I'm okay with that because I mean that's something like with um, um with X Men that works fantastically. Yeah, to go back and do that, and I wish they would do that for Fantastic Four. Um, they just yes. they're just fant- and even actually even it looks like Ant Man kind of crosses that. I mean, we may not see anything set back 20 years ago or not. I don't know, but it has that same thing where it's. You, you can kind of tell that like Ant-Man's tech looks a little older compared to Yellow Jacket, but yeah. So going back and setting things back in their time period, um, and and not, but not for laughs necessarily. Just I mean, just setting in the '60s or the '80s and just being serious about it being in the '80s and just that right. would have been awesome for this too. Sure. So, but since it's a little different, I'm st- I'm still open-minded to it. We'll see what it does. And and uh, DC movies have all of my derision and hate right now, so I don't have any <laughs> for Jim and the holograms. <laughs> I really want Batman versus Superman to be good, but I am so. I would skeptical. love for it to be good. But yeah, I know. I just <laughs> it's it's like DC movies are such an easy target right now. You know what I mean? Like it's they are. It's, it's well, too easy to make fun of them right now. <laughs> anytime someone complains, I'm always like, "Well, what do you expect in the universe where Superman is Batman and Batman is Ben Affleck? Like that's <laughs> that universe." <laughs> so, so it's, it's okay. I'm not even opposed to Affleck as Batman. No, and I'm not really either. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, he's, an, he's an easy target, also. He'll oh, he is an easy job. target. For sure. <laughs> I mean, and I like the look of a lot of stuff. I think the outfit. I feel like that's the best bat suit we've ever seen on the screen. I love the way it looks. Yeah. Um, and just seeing some of the neat scenes in the trailer, like wearing the big armor from Dark Knight Returns, was kind of cool. Um, I'm a little worried about them doing too much of a Dark Knight Returns storyline, considering this is our first time seeing Batman, and that story is supposed to be like one of the last Batman stories. (laughs) You know? So that has me really concerned, because I don't know how I feel about that. So, I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping I'm going to like the movie, but I wasn't a big fan of Man of Steel, so I'm not real sure how this is going to turn out for me, personally. Yeah, I'm going to lose points on my nerd card here, but see, I don't, I don't really even like Dark Knight. So to me, seeing it in the film just does nothing. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, 
I'm like, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I appreciate how how well it's respected and liked, and I don't I don't think that I'm I see something that other people don't see. I mean, it's cool that everybody's happy with it, but it's just not something I've ever cared about. So yeah, so I get, I get nothing out of that. I'm just like, well, okay, <laughs> like. Well, the the next two big sort of nerdy things that are coming out, I think, are Mad Max. Oh yeah. Uh, Matter Max. What's it called? Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> Matter Fury Max. Road. Max. I can't remember. Mattis uh, Max. The Maddest Max. <laughs> and then uh, Tomorrowland. Right. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm excited about Tomorrowland. I, I don't know what to think about it. Like, I mean, it yeah. looks like it could be good, but I don't really know. Like, I don't know. It's just this thing. It's kind of. I don't know. I, it, is it is it like based on the? Is it anything to do with like? Tomorrowland at Disney? Like, is it in that vein, or is it just taking that name? Or I think it's kind of more about, like, stuff like Walt Disney's vision for the future, plus other, like, visionaries. You know, it's kind of like this whole vision of the future kind of thing. And I don't know. Like, I was... I'm excited about the movie because I'm kind of a big fan of of that sort of stuff with Walt. I thought Disney. you were going to say because you really like George Clooney. I love George. <laughs> I love George. I will see best Batman. Ever. I will see anything with Clooney in it. So that's right. <laughs> um, no, I, I just I like uh, that sort of aspect of Walt Disney. I've always been like really interested in like his whole view, vision of the future and like you know Epcot and Tomorrowland right. and all that stuff. I really really like that stuff. So when I heard they were making this movie, I was like that's pretty cool. I want to see that. But yeah, the trailers are a little it's it's hard to gauge exactly what's going on in this movie. Right. Yeah, it's got one big plus for me and one big minus for me. Uh the the plus being Brad Bird. I love right. his films. Yeah. Uh, the minus being Damon Lindelof, mm. who is a great concept guy, but rarely a delivery guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm unsure, but I'm still excited by it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to see it for sure. Yeah. So I, the, the trailer, like I like all the visuals in the trailer, um, and and I'm probably overthinking it. But the the nitpicky thing for me in the trailer was um, that you have you have George living in this house that's obviously got state-of-the-art stuff hidden inside of it even though it looks old and this person shows up on his door and she's obviously you know going to cause him trouble or problems and he's just like okay fine let's you know he, he puts up a little bit of resistance and then other people show up and then he's like okay we're just we're together now and we have to go i have to go do this like there's no just sometimes i just want like the guys show up and then george is like okay yeah here's the girl i, I she just showed up here five minutes before you i don't really care go ahead and take her <laughs> <laughs> you can take her i don't know her but that would be more realistic. Yes. <laughs> He's like, no, okay, come with me. I'm going to blow up my house. we got to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's a little bit I've seen, and again, because I've seen the uh, the Funko toys, mm -hmm. so I don't know how spoilerific those are. Those were actually the first thing, I think, because I, I don't, again, I don't pay attention to news as much as I should. Those are actually the very first time I heard of it, was the little, oh. little jetpack, the young figure with the jetpack. Whatever, right. whatever that even is, the, but I, I, that was the very first thing I'd ever heard. So that may be something too that I maybe didn't come across it like in the cool trailer, or the cool press release. I'm just like, what's this figure thing? Yeah. yeah. Right. I think I. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> I know there's a guy with half a face. Whoa. Oh man. Yeah. Harvey Two Face. <laughs> no, like his like, head like is Mel missing. Gibson? Oh, his head is missing. Oh. Like part of it's gone. Like it's it's just not there. Like Gus Lopez. 
<laughs> no, what, what am I saying? Gus, uh, Gus Spring. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Edit that out. Who hates Gus Lopez? I said no, Gus, just... and that's the first last name that came to mind. Sorry. Jay's like, oh, I got a shout out on a podcast. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> face. Missing half my face. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of like that, but you know, not as horrific. Uh, yeah, so the, there's that, and uh, yeah, should should be interesting. I know you know Disney's, of course, gearing up for their. It's like the 60th anniversary of Disneyland, so I'm sure that's going to tie in somewhat. Neat. Yeah. Neat. And what? So, how about the Terminator? You guys mentioned that earlier. Are you excited about Terminator? Never been a big Terminator fan. Okay, I, I am. The bad thing though is that again, this is me being a contrarian. Um, the very again, the thing came out, and I guess that the the from the trailers, I guess she has an older T one that's like her her has raised her or T eight T eight hundred, and um and and that was just kind of like oh that was terrible, and I'm like I thought that was hilarious and amazing. And so to me, I'm like, any, I've noticed that in this one, there's a lot of times anyone's complaining about it or not liking something uh, that I think that that is fantastic. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I'm exactly the right person, maybe, or I'm the right person to see the movie, but maybe not the right person to ask about the movie because I don't think I have the barometer of the public on that one. Um, okay. But it just seems, I guess, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Terminator's always kind of one of those things. Uh, the uh, uh, Vault on the website is, is one of his favorite things, um, and that's kind of where I know some of the, the, the doom and gloom from. Um, but it just kind of, it seems like they reset the timeline often. So I don't really know that a new movie resetting the timeline maybe against that big of a deal to me. Um, I mean, it's just time traveled. Whole yeah. I mean, it just thing, it I mean, constantly you know. just kind of messes it up. Yeah. This, this is just the newest way to mess it up. And it seems, it seems interesting to me. I like the idea. Um, and, uh, uh, the, the part where like at, in the trailer, I think when it's, um, I guess when when the older T-800's there, old Arnold, and the, the original Arnold, I presume, I guess that's what this shows up, and he's like, I've been waiting for you, and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like he goes back before that original one showed up in the first movie, and he stops it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that looks cool. I think it looks cool, too. I'm with you. I, I think the, the concept behind it sounds neat. I kind of liked their explanation for why Arnold's older looking, because... They said that, like, you know, the, the flesh and everything that they put over the the Terminators, the t yeah, was ages just like normal human skin yeah. does, and that's why he looks the way he does. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. That yeah, makes, it makes perfect sense. sense. We just hadn't seen yeah. one last that long before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I'm okay. I'm on board with it. So I think it'll be a fun flick. So there's a, there's a new Poltergeist coming, too. Oh, yeah. I'm not watching that. Yeah, you're not going to watch that. You're it up. looks frightening for yeah. sure. My, my my parents decided, um, and I love my parents, and and I don't I don't begrudge them this, but I probably watched that when I was like four or five, and and it had a very lasting impact on my psyche. So I'm just I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like to to this day, I still um, I guess I had clowns in my bedroom when I was that age. Whenever whatever, because I, I think I was two when it came out. So I obviously watched it after the fact on VHS somewhere, because um, I wouldn't remember when I was two. Um, but all of the clowns had to be removed from my room after the movie. And, and that clown under the bed to this day is still like blood curdling. Like that is so awful. So I, I'm not in the, and the clown is already in the new trailer. So I'm just, I'm done. I'm good. I, I don't need to watch. Come in. Yeah, the clown is like their marketing <laughs> campaign. Now. Like there's a, the giant clown takes up the whole side of a building here in oh, LA. See, I'm glad I don't live there. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just like that clown face, all black, and the word poltergeist, and it says, like, what are you scared of? <laughs> and I would say that so, clown right there. Yeah, <laughs> you. I'm scared of you. You. Come into the light, Daniel Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have some pretty vivid memories of the original when I was a kid, too. I don't really remember how old I was watching it, but, man, some of those scenes are just burned into my psyche forever. I mean, the, the, the meat job. the meat on the counter with the, you know, with the maggots. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the earthquake at the end and the body, you know, the coffins opening and... Yeah, you move the bodies, but you you move the stones, but you didn't move the bodies. <laughs> yeah, just that freaky little psychic woman. Oh, oh yeah, her weird little cabbage patch face. <laughs> oh. I like it, cabbage patch face. There was a whole lot of troubling stuff in that movie. Yeah, her name is Zelda or something. I think it was Zelda's her name. I don't remember her last name. I just always remember she was Zelda. It always took out as I remembered. <laughs> well, anything else 2015 on anyone's radar? Well, I'm looking forward to straight out of Compton, but we don't necessarily have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You can like that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know. I was I was this weird kid living in rural New Jersey, listening to rap music. Hey, why school. not? <laughs> and. One of, one of now very you're an adult living in Phoenix listening That's to rap exactly music. right. And um, when when Straight Outta Compton came out, I think I was a junior a junior in high school, and I bought the album and I put it into my yellow Sony Sportsman Walkman thing. Got on the <laughs> bus for school, hit play, and completely lost my mind. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Got to school, made all my friends listen to it. Uh, so it was definitely a pivotal album when I was a when I was a kid, and um, you know I've liked MWA you know ever since, and um, just curious uh, curious about this movie. It looks pretty good. All right, you're not gonna like uh, carpool Suge Knight to the thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, well, then let's talk about toys. What do you say? Cool. I like toys. We'll move on from film to, to something else that uh, toys are cool. we seem to like and enjoy. What do you want to do first? Do we want to, do we want to talk about our Dan of the Month, or do you want to go with our, our topic? Uh, maybe let's leave Dan of the Month to the end. All right, it goes to the end. Then our topic, tell us what it is, Dan Newman. Our topic is Holy Grail's White Whales. And if you are a collector, probably of any stripe, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, although I kind of would like to open that up for discussion amongst ourselves. Like, wh- how do you guys define the terms white whale and and grail item? Like, are those terms interchangeable? Um, if if so, you know, or if not, how do how do you describe them? How do you define those things? What's what's a white whale or a holy grail item for you? I would separate the two. Um, cause the, the white whale's got that, that, um, it's like an obsession to the point of destruction. Right. So, um, for me, that's whatever the next hot toy is that I can't afford. So <laughs> it changes constantly. Um, whereas the grail to me is more just that, that one piece that, that, you know, it's usually probably older, something that I, that you just didn't get or missed. And, and it could probably become a white whale, but I don't know if it's always necessarily one. Um, and like for me, like, um, 
like I was like the white whale thing would just be like it really is whatever the next thing is that I'm just kind of like okay how do I fit that in the budget, and and I'll sit there and I'll make a million lists in a million different ways and whatever. But for a Grail piece, um, I, I've been really blessed as a collector to be able to go back and get a lot of the things. Like um, they reissued Fortress Maximus like a year or two ago, and I was able to finally get that even though I don't know what I need a two foot tall robot for, but he's up there and he's cool. Um, but for me, the big grail, and it's probably one I will never get because I don't think I can ever justify the expense, um, is Dick Tracy's The Blank. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, I, I love that movie. I still love that movie. I'm still I'm waiting for the Warren Beatty hot toy. I will buy it. I won't think twice about it. Um, and, and my parents, they indulged me. We went out, and, and we have you know Sam Spade and, and Flat Top and just all of them, even, okay. even, even the bum, Steve the bum. And um, but of course we couldn't find the blank because it didn't get released in America, which this is back in the 80s, early 90s, when you have no way of knowing this. You just endlessly are looking for it with no way to find out. Uh-huh. Um, and I think my parents actually, they think they wrote a letter to Playmates and Playmates responded back that it wasn't going to be released here. And that was when we knew to quit looking. My parents are really cool about stuff like that. Um, yeah. I have the letter. I have the letter from Playmates somewhere around here still, too. Oh, that's, cool. oh, that's cool. Which is awesome. I should get that. I don't have the blank, but I have this letter. That's, oh, that's, that's very cool. I, I don't really know much about that line, and I and this is the first I'm hearing about this particular figure. So, so where was the blank released, and, and um, does it ever come up? Like well, that, that, that's what I'm curious about with like White Whale or Holy Grail. Like, you know, is it a matter of it just being so expensive that it's out of reach, or is it just never comes up? You'll just never see them. You, you know what I'm in, saying? In this case, it's it's more. I find it more cost prohibitive. Um, okay. what, what basically happened was they had the full assortment ready. Um, but the blank, I'm, and I'm going to spoil the movie in case anyone has it. So if you haven't watched it, Tracy, <laughs> I'm going to spoil it. Be prepared. Um, at, at the end of the blank's identity is not known throughout the whole movie. And at the end of it, it's learned that it's, um, it's Madonna's character, Breathless Mahoney. What? What? I know. It's crazy. The, and the toy, um, they all had kind of a little different feature to them, whatever. And the toy for the blank, the blank's face came off, and then there was a really bad blow-up doll Madonna face underneath yeah. the mask. Okay. Yeah. Um, just the Madonna just, face. Just Madonna. And then and what happened was um, they, they didn't want to spoil the movie, so they held that one figure back. Okay. And then, um, then the glut of all the figures come out, and they don't sell, and then they're like, oh. well, we, we, don't, we have these other figures we can't send out. So um, it ended up being, it was released overseas only. Um, you know who like these? Yeah, exactly. Foreigners. <laughs> Foreigners. <laughs> Um, and I think I think it was Canada, if I remember right, and then yeah, um, I think it was and then I think some European countries got them. Um, and I don't know if there were a ton of them that were just and they just aren't here. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like there aren't even very many, just even in regard to that. Okay. And so it does pop up. There's usually always one on eBay or, okay. or relatively one on eBay. Uh-huh. But I mean, it's this little four inch figure with like four or five POA, yeah. and it's always five or six hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, at, at, loose minimum, or at minimum. Hmm? Loose or carded? Um, loose. That's okay. usually the loose price. The carded prices can be even crazier. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't look at the carded prices because I would open it anyway. In, in fact, I, I, I would actually, I, people will hate me for this. If I did end up with an open one or a carded one, I would probably delight in opening it on YouTube. Yeah. And just say, Look, I'm going to open this thing. Um, you would get death I, threats. I would I get death you. threats, I know. Um, but it, so it is. It just was the circumstances that they pulled it for the thing. They pulled it for the movie, and then it just never had an opportunity to come out. And that's something that we actually hear often enough with the spoiler kind of toys. Um, and then it just didn't get released here. And so I think for me, it's not so much that like it's this really you know cool thing or this thing that you know it's just kind of that that 
um, it's what been 25 years now, 26 years that, that, that I had them all. And like, I really wanted that one. And that's the other sad thing. It's honestly, if I were to look at that whole collection of figures, um, that was the one I really wanted because the knock on that, even when I was nine years old was that they didn't have their trench coats. It okay. just for, I don't remember. I don't, I think I right, heard one right. time that it was, there would be cloth or there was something like that. And they cut the trench coats out completely. So like you have this, you have your iconic Dick Tracy figure and he's in his black vest and, and trousers and there's no yellow. Right. It just doesn't ever look right. The blank though, actually he's never seen out of his trench coat. So in his figure, it's just molded. It's just this molded trench coat. It's what you wanted oh. all the other figures to be. Okay. So when I was nine, I'm like, I want that one. And that was, yeah probably more important than it being the blank. Although the, the blank face is completely awesome too. Um, and it just never fulfilled. Um, and for whatever, and the sad thing is I've, I've spent that much money on stuff I shouldn't have before, right. but I just never quite find that right makeup to make that say, I should buy this for that much money. I'm so sorry. Me, did you just right. buy like a question figure and bend its knees? But there you go. Yeah. yeah just bend him, put him down and yeah, bend him over. So. I, I, I don't <laughs> You, I just mean how they were squatting, yeah. not bending over. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. Sorry, I'm getting mixing things there. Dan, did you say you still have all of your Dick Tracy figures? I do have the the rest of the set. Um, I like, do. Okay. I, they're 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 not. Um, well, I, I should say that I do in theory. Um, when I was when I was, it's, it's you been, have theoretical. Toys? I have theoretical toys. Yeah. Uh, when I was eighteen, um, um, my parents moved, and they moved all of their stuff. And then the new house, there was a shed and a garage and a, a cellar basement. And some of the stuff went into the basement and some of the stuff went into the shed. And mind you, this was half my life ago. This is how sad this is. Um, since then, we have cleaned out the cellar. I have everything from the cellar back with me here now. But in all of that time, my, my father and I have like, we really need to clean out that shed. We really need to clean out that shed. And we have never done it. So What's the address of that yeah. shed? <laughs> yeah. 141. <laughs> um, uh, uh, at this point I should almost just let someone <laughs> just like, I'm like, okay, that was in there. Um, and so th there's, there's a small list in my mind of stuff that like, I know I should still have like post flood stuff. Um, but I don't have them with me. So I'm, the yeah. assumption is always that they're in the, um, shed and my dad, every once in a while, he'll go out, he'll, he'll go spelunking out into the shed. And then like, <laughs> I think like earlier or late last year, he brought me a big boss from cops and crooks. Cause I don't have any of my cops and crooks stuff here. Oh. And so I'm like, Hey, and he's like, this is big boss. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, that's what I thought. I'm like that while you, he's like, yeah, I just wasn't sure who it was. I'm like, you could have brought the whole box. <laughs> like I'm assuming they were together. He's like, I didn't want to bring, I didn't care about the whole box. I just wasn't about, I wanted about him. So I have him back, but the others. So I, I do, I should still have all the Dick Tracy stuff. Cause that was a post flood movie. Um, but they would, they are in that shed somewhere that I, to this day have still not just gone over and, and gotten into. Okay, so I, I think it, I feel like it makes a difference that this that your your Grail item is the one piece you need to complete a collection. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I forget exactly how many figures there were, but yeah, I mean, basically, I have ninety seven percent of that toy line, yes. and and then yeah, that's just that one thing I never got. Sweet. I have uh, I have most. I think I've got all of the figures carded except for the blank. And I've got the two cars boxed. So I've actually oh, got a cars. nice... Yeah. yeah, the cars are awesome in that yes, line. Yes, they were. Yeah. But wasn't there some sort of drama with Steve the Tramp, too? Like, uh... I, um, think, it was, I think it was that he was... That it, basically, his, his, his reason he was a villain was because he was homeless or something. Yeah. Was like, like, yeah, and it was, it was a big to-do at the time that they were like, oh, so this, this homeless guy, is he's, he's a criminal. Yep. Yeah. 
this action figure of this homeless guy who's a bad guy because he's homeless. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing that sort of social outrage never happens anymore. Right. <laughs> there was no internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine hashtag. if social media was back then? Yeah. yeah. Hashtag Steve the Tramp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So uh, it is actually Dan. It was it was actually recalled. I didn't know that it was recalled later. But the Reverend Donald Wildman um, complained that the figure was insensitive toward the homeless. The package stated that he was an ignorant bum. You'll smell him before you see him. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yes, that yeah, that's in the Band Toy Museum there. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's easily found though, and he's he is still yeah. He didn't get recalled very well. No, he's still and he's just as cheap as all the figures. Like those figures are pretty easy to buy and collect still. Oh, they really are. Yeah. Yeah, they're all over eBay, carded, very cheap. It's just the blank. That's the only one that's hard to yeah. get online. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So, uh, Daniel Pickett, uh, can we transition over to you? Uh, can you talk to you, talk to us about how you think about Grail items and White Whale items and then what you would uh, put on your list? So, uh, for me, White Whale is the thing that's, really difficult to get. There's a finite amount of them. Uh, and grail pieces are just the things that you're you're kind of still hunting. Right. Uh, but it's possible to get them. So, you know, for me, at one point I was on a payment plan to get Shockwave from the, the fourth Superpowers wave. Oh, nice. And uh, then that piece was actually sold out from under me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never got it, uh, and it lives in someone else's collection. I think I know who has it. Uh, Shall we rough them up for you? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not good person. Uh, we'll talk offline about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that for me, you know, and like I've always wanted uh, the ever since I've saw it in Tomarts, the superpowers man bat. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just a casting, and uh, I I do know someone that has one of those. And someday I will have that in my collection as well. So those are like, but for now, I can't achieve it. Those are, uh, those are like unproduced figures, right? Like they, those are unproduced. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I could, we could probably fill a whole episode talking about unproduced <laughs> toys that I wish that I had. Like, yeah, there are so many, <laughs> yeah. and I can't complain because I have some of those that I'm sure are on other people's list. Right. Like. You know, I have some some prototypes and some pretty rare things. So, but you know, it's in the, every collector's nature. There's always something else out there. Right. You know, something that, like for instance, Mr. Newman has that I've been pining for my whole life <laughs> is the Mego Greatest American Hero set, right. right? Which is very expensive and it doesn't come up as often, right? Uh, and it and it rarely shows up complete uh, in a box. You'll yeah. either find like just both the figures or uh, you you hardly ever see it either. You never see it loose, complete, like no. with the cars and both figures and stuff. So, uh, that that to me is something that I've always pined for. And then another one that's kind of weird is the it, it was the Mego Mangler, uh, which is something you guys may recall. Well, I don't know. You you guys might be too young for this. You whippersnapper. <laughs> uh, Back in the day, there was the, those Toy World catalogs, which were comic book size, uh-huh. that you'd flip through, and it would have all like the Mego figures and like 
Spider-Man suction cup launchers and, right. and and all the art was drawn by the Joe Kubert school. Right, right. And there were there were no photographs in it. It was all just art uh, comic art. And there was a a thing that Mego made that in theory went with the three and three quarter inch comic action heroes. Yes. And it was a vehicle that had like a big mouth on the front of it right. with a big a big tongue. And you would put a figure in that and there were like some spongy rollers uh-huh. and then like out of the back of it would spit out like a flat version, just a you know, <laughs> printed on a piece of cardboard or something. Right. So you'd you'd put the the green goblin in there and it and it would munch him up and roll him through and then spit out a flat version. Well, my mom thought that was too violent. Oh, that was her. What? That was her limit. That was it, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I had all sorts of other crazy, you know, insane things, but that she was like, well, "I'm line. never, I'm never ever going to buy you that." And those don't uh, come up very often at not, all. They do not at all, and and even ones that are really beat up still fetch a pretty penny. Yeah, and uh, and are usually broken. Yeah. Or incomplete. They don't have all the little cards. Totally. Uh, for the for the figures. It's such so. a fun toy, though. I mean, I, I know. It, I want one now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes sometimes that's the bad thing about having like toy collecting Facebook groups and forums and stuff because <laughs> you all start talking about something and you can almost feel it happen. Like all of a sudden, people are kind of like moving over to eBay and we're all kind of searching the same auctions yep. at the same time and. That happens a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you know, some, some attainable things that I just haven't shelled out the cash for. I'm still missing probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 of the last 17 power of the force figures from, right. from 86. <laughs> Cause for some reason uh, I, I decided, well, I've, you know, I've got enough star Wars. I'm going to start collecting transformers yeah. now and just missed out on most of the figures that I was waiting years for them to make. Uh, sort of inexplicably. Those are those are hard because they're they're available. It's not like there's any pro. Like if you had the cash, you could just go to eBay right now and get a decent yes. one. But because there's you know uh, there's qu- quite a few of them, and each one is gonna set you back between one and two hundred dollars. It's hard yeah. to commit to. Okay, I'm gonna start getting those now. Yeah. Well, you know, like the like the R two D two with the pop up lightsaber. It's like that's the same R two D two that I have two of right, already, yeah. with a different head, and then the lightsaber. It's just like stuff like that. It's just like oh, yeah. just gets you. Yeah. And then there's some things that I had in childhood that I've wanted to replace that you know that I sold off or broke or something that I've just never gone back and gotten. And you know, the Dungeons and Dragons Fortress of Fangs oh, is yeah. one of those. I love that thing. Great looking playset. Yep. And it was sure one of those is. things like I had a, I had that playset and a bunch of the figures, and then my mom was like, "You've got too many toys in your room. Why don't we send those to Grandma's house so you can play with stuff <laughs> when you're there?" And you know who knows what happened to it at that point. Yeah. Uh, there was a company that made vehicles for Mego figures. It wasn't Mego themselves, and they made like these VW bugs. Or uh, not VW bugs, but VW vans for uh, Batman and the Joker. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there was the Joker mobile and the Mobile Crime Lab. I had both those and loved those as a kid. Oh. But again, played with them till they broke down into their periodic elements. Uh. And then uh, something that my brother had that he lost interest in toys pretty early. But you know, he had some of the like G- Super Joe, GI Joe stuff. He had Terron. 
which was this big six-legged sort of triceratops-looking thing that if you would shine a light at him, he would stop walking. Whoa. Which is not that exciting of a... Uh, <laughs> you get you caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is kind of it. He had, but he, he was he was a big, scary, armored dinosaur huh. triceratops sort of thing, and I love that thing, and I, that would terrorize my Star Wars figures. And, oh. You know, every so often you see one, but uh, I haven't, like, bit the bullet and, and replaced that in my collection. i got to look that one up. For some reason, it's not ringing a bell, but I have a feeling if I saw it, it I, I'd recognize it. Yeah. So that's it for me. Those are my big. Oh, ones. very cool. You know, just speaking to that greatest American hero um, set. I mean, sure, rub it yes, in. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've, I've. You didn't even have to buy yours. Oh, you got it as a gift. That's true. That's true. Uh, but you know, when you narrow down your collecting focus to strictly vintage three and three quarter, it it, it does <laughs> it does help to kind of focus and narrow things down. You know, and so you can kind of concentrate on these. You know, these kind of prized prized items but you know the figures were well built but that car is incredibly fragile and i have a feeling that part of the rarity of that item is because that car did not last a a day of of kids playing with it you know you you think about like the uh, the old um migo um dukes of hazard general lee that was like you know, it wasn't like an amazing toy, but like the plastic was solid and you can launch it down your steps and it's not going to, you know, you know, break into a million pieces. If you did that with the greatest American hero bug, it would have shattered huh. very thin, fragile plastic. And uh, so it's like, un- unless you're, unless you are willing to get one that's, that's boxed, it's almost impossible to find one um, loose. But the, the maddening thing, cause I was a huge greatest American hero fan to the point where uh Someone, I think my mom or my aunt made me the costume <laughs> as a kid. Like I had that and would run around the neighborhood. I was in high school, no, <laughs> uh, but I I didn't know it existed. Oh. I never even knew they made it back then. And then you hear people saying, "Oh, well, yeah, I saw those things on clearance right. at KB." Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, if I would have yeah. seen that. Right. I would still own it, but I never knew it existed as a kid. I love this conversation because I'm like, I've got uh, these crazy ideas. Like, please let me win the lottery between now and Christmas so I can get each of my bands their Holy Grail <laughs> item. Oh, yeah. Please, please do that. I would appreciate that. <laughs> oh. So, so Dan Erdley, tell us about your White Whales, Holy Grails, and how you kind of de- define those things. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be the, the odd man out who's going to say that I've never used the term White Whale before. Um, I've always just used the term Grail, yeah. you know, Grail item. So, to me, a Grail item has always been defined by just a piece that I, I really want to own for various reasons, whether it be completing a collection or just something that... I used to have that is now very unobtainable. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with my weird oddball one because this is just really, really out there. But it's one of those things that I look for every time I go to a toy show just to see if I stumble across it. Do you guys remember this line called Pocket Power that was by Sega? Yes. There were these weird little play sets that essentially would fold up so you can fit them in your pocket and they had all these different things like there was one the one that everybody remembers was called glow bones where it was this little skeleton action figure that glowed in the dark huh. and and me right now <laughs> do you yeah see i don't work. have any i don't have any of those um but I, they I just all, have him you just have him yeah 
so they had a bunch of weird little things. Like there was like little airplanes and all kinds of crazy little things, but they folded up into these little rectangular containers so that you could carry them in your pocket and take toys on the go. That was like the gimmick of the line. Okay. So I had this one when I was a kid that opened up into a miniature bowling alley. Oh. And it had this little tiny like ball bearing marble, which was the ball. And there was a little ramp that you could plug onto it and you can turn it to, to face the pins. And then the pins just kind of like were these flat little pieces of plastic that would fold up. You know, so you can knock them down and they just lay down and then you would just flip them to fold them back up. Now was, that you describe that, I, I, I can, I've got a picture of it. You got a picture of it? Yeah. Yep. So I, I had that as a kid and for whatever reason, it was one of those things that I just adored. Like I, I carried it with me all the time. I loved getting that thing out and playing with it. And it's one of those things that I just have no idea what happened to it. Over the years, you like you know, it probably got sold off in a yard sale or something with most of my childhood toys, and it's one of those things that for years I had this vague memory of it and couldn't remember what it was, and it was only within recent years that I learned it was from that Pocket Power line, and then I also learned that it was from the second series of Pocket Power, which was incredibly rare in the U.S., <laughs> So that thing never shows up online. And oh. when that particular set does show up online, it goes for hundreds of dollars. Oh, my goodness. Right? It looks, actually looks like that was Series 3. Series yes. 3. Okay. So it was like a really rare oh. series. I guess it had a very short run in the U.S. Yeah, there were only three or four things in Series 3. Yeah. Four sets, and, and the bowling was one of so them. So the bowling one hardly ever shows up online, and when it does, it's way too expensive for me to purchase, and oh. apparently I'm not the only person in the world that's looking for it, because it also gets tons of bids every time wow. it shows up online. So it's one of those things that I always really hope I'm going to randomly come across at a toy yeah. show or a flea market or something, because it's just so random, but it's got such a nostalgic connection for me that I just, I really hope that I can get that thing one day, just to put cool. it back in my collection. Well, we will um, all certainly be keeping our eyes out. At <laughs> but it does seem like the kind of thing that you might stumble on. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It seems like, you know, not anybody, not everybody would kind of realize the value of that. Exactly. Until I just told the whole world just now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've raised the price of the blank. I just and raised the and, Well, yeah. check eBay tomorrow. There might be a whole bunch of new listings. That just says, the, the title of the listing is, Hey, Pixel Dan, here's that bowling set. Yeah. Bowling now, $400. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, that's very so cool. Some of the other things are going to be more... Uh, centered along my big collections, and obviously I'm a huge Masters of the Universe fan. And there, That's the first time hearing of it. Are you sure? <laughs> first time. <laughs> so there are several uh, things I would consider Grail pieces for Masters of the Universe, and I've been lucky that I've actually picked up a few of them not all that long ago. Um, two of my biggest Grail pieces that I never thought I would own, I own right now, which is the vintage Titus and Megator, the Giants. Ooh. Oh, nice. I own them both. They're both complete. They are amazing. They were expensive, <laughs> yeah, but nice. I got a good deal on them and was kind of able to do the payment plan thing like Daniel was talking about, but it actually came through for me. And I, I was able to like, – I was one of those things where I was put in a place where I was like, you know what? When am I going to get another opportunity like this? I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I splurged a little bit, and I got those pieces, and I just adore them because I never thought I would own them. Um, because very similar to the blank and Dick Tracy, those were only released overseas, like in Italy. Okay, um, right. They never got a U.S. release because that was when the line was getting ready to shift to Powers of Grayskull, uh -huh. and then it got canned. So 
a lot of this stuff that was getting ready to come out just kind of got shipped over there and released over there, and it never made its release in the U.S., so it's super rare. Um, so the other two items, which were right along with those that are to this day still my grail pieces, and really the only pieces I need to complete the vintage figures okay. is Laser Power He-Man and Laser Light Skeletor. Mm. I want those two figures so bad, but they are so rare and expensive. And even when they do pop up online, uh, finding them like like cause Skeletor has a cloth cape, you know, finding uh, Skeletor with the cape yeah. is rough or finding him with his translucent red Havoc staff that lights up is hard. Um, now, and now I know I know of those toys, but could you, could you tell me a little bit about why they're so rare? So they were only released overseas, just like Titus and Megatord, right at the tail end of that line. Um, and their features were that they had these little LED lights inside, or lights inside of them. So, like, Skeletor has this translucent red hand, uh-huh. and you put his translucent red Havoc staff in it. And when you raise his hand, his hand and the Havoc staff glow red. And then the He-Man's got this translucent yellow power sword, which is the same thing. When you raise his arm, the sword lights up. But what makes these two figures so different is they are the two versions of He-Man and Skeletor in the vintage line that look completely different than the other variations of the characters. Um, He-Man has got... It almost looks like they were trying to do a Dolph Lundgren head sculpt with him because he came uh-huh. out around the time of that movie. So uh-huh. he's got the shorter hair instead of the page boy haircut, and he's got a more slender body. Almost looks like they were starting to transition into that new Adventures of He-Man look with him. Yeah. And Skeletor is the same way because he doesn't really have like the same muscular body with and everything that he normally has. Instead, he's got this very teched-out body with, like, like uh, he's got all these tech parts on him and, and circuits and wires and everything in his sculpt. And then he's got a cloth hood and cape, which he wow. never had on any of the other figures. Yeah. So they are very distinct looking figures. They're like 100% new sculpts, which was yeah. rare in that line. You know, those those right. figures all use shared parts a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these guys are, like, very... They stand out quite a bit from everything else in the line. And, of course, they were only released in places like Italy, which makes them super rare now. So yeah. I would love to have those. Those are, like... Those are the top of my list right now of toys that I want in my collection that I just don't know if I'm ever going to get. <laughs> I would imagine the competition is pretty fierce for those pieces. I, because, yeah. like, you know, Masters of the Universe has a ma- you know a huge fan base, and I would imagine you know we're all of an age where we're trying to you know complete these collections you know um, that have so much nostalgia for us from when we were kids, and right. a lot of people have the means to do it now, and so I would I would guess that there's a lot of competition to get uh, items like that. Exactly, exactly. So those 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 definitely have to be the highlights for me. There's also a lot of really weird releases with Masters, like in. Um, Argentina got a lot of weird, almost like knockoff Masters mm. figures, but they were still under the Masters of the Universe banner. Oh. Um, so some of like the, the more common ones that would be cool to own, um, if I could ever get a chance, is there's like the one that's, one of the most famous ones is Camo Khan. He's a version of Cobra Khan that has Buzz Off's claw hands for some reason, and he's painted with a camouflage color scheme. So he's just oh. camo for some reason. He's a snake <laughs> man with a camo paint scheme. And so he's like, he's just this weird Argentina release. I think it was Argentina. Oh, very Um, cool. 
And then there's like a version of Mosquitor, which is my favorite character, um, that was also only released in places like Argentina, where the blood in his chest was black instead of red. Oh, Ooh, so he's, he's super rare too. Black blood mosquitoer. If I could ever get a black blood mosquito, <laughs> be amazing. He's just he's my favorite character. He's my favorite figure from that line. So that would be pretty cool to get him too. Yeah. So when Mattel finally releases the laser He-Man and Skeletor, and you do your review, and it's time for comparison <laughs> time. I'm just gonna show me being sad. Sad. I just, but I want you to play that sound effect from Price is Right. Can you do that for me? went straight for the jugular there. That's just me. We've we've all been there. We've all been As we can tell. Yeah, but we all didn't make it's comparison time our our slogan. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Some people get really mad at me when I don't have a vintage figure because I set I set myself up for that. <laughs> yep. I made that my thing. So if I don't have a vintage figure, I get people going, why didn't you show the vintage toy? And I'm like, I don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> set that expectation. I know. I know. <laughs> That's what the people demand. <laughs> well, I think we're done on this topic because Danny Newman gets everything he wants. <laughs> so I can't imagine. I can't imagine there being anything on his list. It's not entirely true. What? <laughs> what are you still looking for? Oh, man. I No, it's true. I have been lucky. I've got a couple of really amazing pieces that were at one point uh, grail items, uh, you know, top of the, you know, top of the list of things I wanted but think I thought I'd never have. And we, we spoke about one of them, which was the Grace American Hero uh, set and Probably the other one right right at that level is the you know Magnum PI uh, uh, with the Ferrari um, made by made by LJN. Um, but I, I would very similar to um, uh, Dan Erdley and, and Dan Lynch's um, uh, Grail items. Probably the one at the top of my list uh, right now is a similar story in that it came at the end of a line. And uh, so didn't see a release here in the States. Uh, it was only released, um, like they've alluded to, uh, in, in Italy and in Canada. And, and, I'm, and I'm referring to the Mego Black Hole line. Oh, yes. Uh, so so Mego, you know, we, we kind of know this story. Um, Mego did not get the Star Wars license. And so after that, chased every sci-fi movie possible right. um, in hopes of recuperating, you know, that devastating loss. And Black Hole was was one of them. And Black Hole was an amazing movie. Um, and the figures that they made for the first wave uh, of the Black Hole series were well constructed and well sculpted, uh, but just not well received. Uh, for some reason, Mego decided to do all the human characters in that first series. And there was really nothing very special or exciting about those human characters and probably what they should have done is um, uh, incorporated some of the cooler robot characters in that first series, and maybe they would have done a little bit better. Um, but they saved characters like uh, like the Star Robot and Old Bob um, for a later assortment, and by that time it was too late, and pretty much the plug had been pulled. So this second wave of black hole figures, which consisted of three three characters, uh, the two I mentioned, the Star uh, Robot, which is the black version of the red century robot, if you're, if you're following, 
um, Old Bob and a character called Humanoid. And so those three figures were released in Italy and Canada and so are super rare. And for some reason, even the rarest of those three is this character called Humanoid. And if you remember the movie, they're just kind of those creepy characters, faceless characters that were on the bridge. And um, that figure comes with a soft goods uh, brown cloak and booties, brown booties. And some people will say that you could find it with the booties and without the booties. And I don't know exactly... Um, you know, the definitive uh, line on that. But that's a figure that uh, doesn't come up very often. And when it does come up, um, you know, a loose uh, humanoid will fetch, you know, pretty much in the thousand dollar range. And so it's it's sort of one that I've, I've kind of written off, but I still, you know, still do a pretty much a daily search for um, just hoping for, you know, one of those fluke things to happen. Um, but that's that's definitely the top of my list. It's probably regarded as one of the rarest um, action figures of all time. Um, probably the rarest three and three quarter inch action figure of all time. Wow. So I've got some others on the list, but I know we've been talking about this a long time. I don't know if you want to hear about it anymore, but that's, <laughs> that's 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 number one. Now there is a guy out there making a, a custom of it. Yeah. Would you be satisfied with that as a placeholder? You know, I've seen I've seen customs come up in the past that were pretty reasonably priced, and it seems like the custom that's going around now fetches like in the two hundred plus dollar range, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that because it carded it. You see, it, it's right. It's carded, and it's and it's really it's really nice. It's very well done. And I think if I would have gotten in on that when you could have gotten a decent custom for more like the 40 or $50 range, I probably would have, would have done that. And maybe if something like that comes up, I'll, I'll, I'll spring. But, you know, I, I would do it, but you know that it's not the real thing. <laughs> and part of this collecting insanity is needing, you know, kind of the, the original. So I don't know if it would kind of still gnaw at me, even if I had yeah. a custom. You'd always know it's not yeah. a real thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So anyway. but that, What else you got on your list? Well, though? that is one that will come up occasionally. There is another crazy Mego line um, that does not come up uh, hardly at all, and that's uh, C.B. McCall. And this was a line that Mego did during, like, the kind of – truck driving craze of the late 70s which i guess there was and so they did this fig this line of uh of figures there were nine figures there were three kind of like good guy cowboy-esque figures there were three cops and there were three bad guys and they had this a very similar construction to the Mego pocket uh Mego uh comic action heroes which had kind of the bent legs and kind of that one weird hand that everybody fixates on and can't you know, has to, you know, joke about. So uh, the C.B. McCall line had those nine figures and it had, a, it had a, a good guy rig and a bad guy rig and a and a top car. And they these these are the types of figures where you could search every day and maybe once or twice a year, something out of the line will pop up on eBay. And it's usually in rough shape and um, and lots of people are watching and there's lots of bids and they go for lots of money. So right now I have five, uh, five of the nine figures, and uh, oh, uh, six of the nine figures, thanks, thanks to a lucky auction last week, um, and uh, you know just kind of one of those things. I'm just I'll just continually watch, and uh, hopefully you know over the years 
the few figures that I'm missing will will come up and be affordable. Now, do you enjoy that just because it is a piece of three and three quarter inch history because it's Mego? I mean, yeah. you, you clearly were not a huge fan of Convoy and the <laughs> it was and the Stevie <laughs> craze of the seventies. Totally, yeah, that one was. A, I think it was a little bit before my time anyway, and I don't remember them from when I was a kid. But yes, they are they are um, kind of an iconic member of the vintage three and three quarter inch uh, universe, and um, I, I do love Mego too. So um, yeah, for for both of those reasons. I probably would not have been able to own any of those as a child in my house. Why is that? Because because my father was a ham radio operator, <laughs> and he thought those CB guys, you know, they they don't they're not licensed. They didn't have to take any tests. They didn't have to learn Morse code. Oh, very interesting. They were, yeah. <laughs> so and each of the came with a CB, an electronic CB, so you could have driven them crazy. Yeah. So I I don't think I could have owned that as a kid. <laughs> He was staunchly against that. Wow, there, there's a lot of good rare stuff uh, on our list. Yeah. So if, the, if there's any uh, wealthy benefactors out there yeah. that just want to... If anybody wants to send us free things, our address <laughs> yeah, is P.O. Box. There's, there's free toy day. Yeah. There we go, yeah. I, I, like it. I got a dozen of those laying around. Might <laughs> as well. Oh, Yes. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's some tough stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, as if if any of us end up finding any of these or picking them up, uh, we should report in on that on future episodes. Oh, absolutely, sounds yeah. good. Everyone will and, know I have a blank if I ever have a blank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, now it is time for our Dan of the month. As you know, every month we pick a uh, Daniel. Uh, named action figure, or the the actor could also be named Daniel, that we focus on. Uh, who wants to get us started? Do, do we know? Uh, should we say Daniel Lynch, since you actually owned one of these as a kid? Do you want to announce uh, our yeah. Dan of the Month? Um, it was from the uh, Rimco Karate Kid line, or of course the, the main character, Karate Kid himself, uh, Daniel. And I don't think, do we pick a specific kimono, or are we just going to go, we're going to go... <laughs> Like, well, talk, talk about that. There were a couple of different versions, right? <laughs> I think I had the uh, – I don't remember all the colors. Obviously, there was white and gold, um, and I believe I had one that was kind of a pinkish red. I think he had the, he broke ice, if I remember right. Um, yeah, but they all had an action feature, and they could all kick or they could kick or punch. I forget. I say, I think, my favorite scene in the movie yeah. where he beat up the ice. <laughs> yes, he punched through the ice. Yes. Well, they didn't – you know, wax on, wax off really isn't a good action feature. So <laughs> right. That would, that would get old. Um, but, and I, I'm trying to, I've been trying to, since we, since we nominated this one, I've been trying to think if I had any others and it feels like I might've had a Miyagi. Um, but it's all, that was so long ago. Um, but I was really obsessed with the movie as a kid. And, and normally when I talk to people about it, they're like, oh yeah, Daniel. Yeah. But here I'm, I'm talking to all Daniels. So hopefully either, I don't know if all of you felt that way or not. Um, but, um, that was a big deal at the time. I, we did a, uh, Halloween costume of that. Um, I still actually have, I think my mother hand drew the headband. Um, oh, and, cool. uh, and I still have that. Um, and, uh, and it's kind of actually a funny thing too. I'll still draw that. Like when I'm bored, if I'm doodling, sometimes I'll just be doodling and I'll be like, Oh, I, I drew the, the little lotus on the head. <laughs> yeah. so, so it kind of imprinted on me in that way, but, but it's kind of funny cause I don't really have, like, I've never gone back. Those are all, um, I got to quit talking about the flood cause it happened like 25 years ago. Those are all flood toys. They're all gone. 
Um, and I've never gone back to get any of them. So it's kind of an interesting thing that I've been thinking about too. I'm like, I wonder why it really, you know, I love that movie so much and I'll still watch it today, but not really in a toy way. I haven't gone back and gotten those. Um, and I've been kind of keeping an eye out for the, um, um, uh, reaction ones, but I don't, I don't think I've run across those shit either. So I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing with Karate Kid. I mean, not really having something that I really enjoyed that I don't really have toys of. It's kind of strange. I feel yeah. weird. I got to go to eBay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think talking about these is gonna turn us all into <laughs> wanting to go buy them because this is a line that I, I've never owned any of the figures from. But I run into them from time to time at toy shows, and I, I always think that they're very cool looking. And one of the things that is so neat about these figures are the play sets that they had because they had like oh, yeah. the competition center and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, those are just awesome. Alley? Yeah. Right. How cool is that? <laughs> so so all of that stuff just makes this look like such a fun line, and I, I don't really know how hard this one is to collect. I'm willing to bet it's not very cheap. Um, it's not. You, you, you'd think it is, but, I mean, it's not, it's not uber expensive, but, it's, uh, but I wouldn't say it's cheap. Well, and, and it, the fact that they've got these cloth kimonos on and stuff has got to add to the value a little bit, or the, or the complication in collecting them, because any of those toys that had those cloth parts were easily lost as kids, so finding oh, them yeah. with, with the cloth pieces still in good shape, or even still there, is going to make it a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, definitely. But there was one that came with no cloth at all, right? Uh, there's the, the white, yeah, and the, yeah, the white, white kimono is a molded. molded yep. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see that. I'm looking at and then um, I think the others what, just had the cloth over that that same figure. I well, think. There, is a, there is a Daniel Karate Kid figure with a white kimono um, that's not that's not molded. The, actually, the only figure that I think doesn't have any soft goods was the referee pack-in from the competition center uh, playset. Oh, there was a referee guy. Yeah, um, he's got a big cool mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and and did they all have like I know they all broke different stuff but the, yeah. did they all have the same action feature? Yeah, they called it tri action, which means yeah. they could do three different things. They could karate chop, they could karate twist, and they could karate kick. And the kick huh. was activated by a lever button on the back. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with karate twist. Well, <laughs> um, just like the breaking the ice, you know, how big of a part of the movie that was. I think so, all the, so all the, the karate twist. The He-Man figures could all do the karate twist too, correct? The power punch. <laughs> yeah. The power punch. Yeah. yeah. Right. But they all they all came with uh, a cool accessory, a breakaway accessory to you know mimic their you know them breaking something, um, which which was totally cool. Um, otherwise, they were about you know they were kind of five points of articulation. Although the kind of karate hand arm. You know, it was kind of just specific to that that move. Um, they're about six inches tall, um, and uh, I don't know. Rem- Remco is was is kind of one of these sleeper companies that we don't think about too often, but they made some they made some pretty cool toys. They did. They made some neat stuff. There's always things that I'm always kind of surprised to find out that they were a Remco toy. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I don't think I realized that these Karate Kid ones were Remco. <laughs> now that we're looking back, like, I know I've run across them, but it's now it's like, oh, Remco. Okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, how old were you guys when this movie came out? I think this was 86, correct? Uh, I, 
It might have been eighty-five, I think, because I was in I was in okay. junior high. Okay. So then I was three or four years old when this movie came out. <laughs> it was but, it was nineteen eighty-four. I was four. If, okay. So, but I definitely still watched it as a kid. This was definitely one of those VHS tapes that you would rent a lot and watch a lot. So I, I saw it plenty of times growing up. Yeah, I, I was about twelve, and it definitely had an impact. It's one of those movies. It's another one of those, you know things that that stayed with me. There's a lot of a lot of memorable scenes, a lot of emotional impact um, that kind of you know gets seared into a twelve year old kid's brain. Yeah. Um, I mean, the kid's name was Daniel, so like right away you're like, yeah, he's got the same name as me. And then yeah. like, hey, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> but from then on, after that movie came out, did everyone call you Daniel? Daniel Sun? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always, I got happens. that. I was going to say, yeah, to this day, I still get that every now and then. Yeah, I still get it some, too. (laughs) The thing I remember about it, again, I I would have been in junior high, or you kids say middle school. (laughs) uh, And they, what was strange, as a promotion to the film, they actually sent the trailer out via video cassette tape to the schools. Oh, wow. And I remember watching it in my English class, in Mrs. Sheets' class. And they would show the kind of like a little, it was more than a trailer. It was, you know, kind of a coming soon, you know, a featurette thing. And they sent out these little booklets, like workbook things that you could fill out stuff in it uh, when that movie came out to, to like, build the excitement. It was just like, oh, this this is interesting. You know, we should all go see this. And and we all did. And, and it's the only time I remember that happening growing up in in school. How do, how do you think they got away with getting schools to play that? I I guess they thought it was educational. Huh. <laughs> Maybe back then they would just put whatever videotape came in the mail. They just yeah, it was yeah, simpler yeah. time. The video tape. It's <laughs> uh, one more day. I don't have to make a lesson plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, like I was about to say, so his name is Daniel. So check, he's from New Jersey. That you know, another check. You know, him and his you know single mom have a old green beat up station wagon. So I'm like, yeah, I'm totally 100 percent behind this movie. I can totally relate. Uh, but unfortunately, I never got to move to California and learn karate. And so that's <laughs> there's still time where it ended. You got most of the way there. Still time. <laughs> There's a karate place right next to my comic book shop. I'm on there my way. Go. Yeah, <laughs> come out here. We'll get you. We'll get you a belt. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, good line. Um, I've, uh, you know, it's not it's not a line that I collected when I was a kid, and so just kind of for the for the sake of this, I made sure I got uh, a Daniel um, figure. I got the one with the gold gold kimono, and that one comes with a. But they break away uh, the accessories like a piece of glass that he breaks in half. Ooh, is that what we're hearing right yeah. now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shattering it. Hey, got it. <laughs> oh, he hates that glass. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking them up now. <laughs> the, the carded figures are pretty expensive yeah. online. They're yeah. going... Like, like, what are we talking? Uh, most of the carded figures that are on eBay currently are sitting at, like, buy it now... Oh, let's see. One eighty-five. Uh, oh, here's yeah. here's one for two seventy-nine ninety-nine. Holy cow! That's a Mr. Miyagi. Um, there's a what is this guy? Talk about sweeping yeah, the leg, right? No kidding. <laughs> one twenty-three for Sato Nuon card. So like, yeah. There's just I don't know. It's pretty expensive to get these guys in the yeah. packaging still. Yeah. 
Jeez, that's tough stuff. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I kind of want to get one on the card because, like, I'm not sure if they all came with it, but the the accessory kind of came. You don't see it. It's behind kind of like a little box. Yeah, it's hidden. Yeah. And on a few of them, there's like this scroll, and it says, "Secrets, secrets of Miyagi scroll. Learn his secrets. A different lesson with each uh, package." I can't quite make it out. Huh. So now I'm kind of curious to. Now we got to buy them all and find out the damn secrets. Dang it! <laughs> Miyagi got up his sleeve. We have new Grail items, folks. <laughs> we just created new Grail right here. How about, here's a crazy one in the sold listing. Says I, uh, that was a Miyagi a Daniel 2-pack. It would have been graded. Sold for $1,200. Wow. What? That's crazy. That's a lot of the dollars. It is a lot of the dollars. And then right beneath it is like the two figures loose for $18. <laughs> <laughs> no, so none of the cool expensive. accessories, though. It must be because of the accessories. I bet that's why the carded ones I do. Sold. I do think it's a lot. Yeah, the accessories because... Yeah. The yeah. loose ones by themselves, and and like and like you mentioned about the 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 kimonos have not aged well. Right, I think that's probably that's part of it too. Right. Wow. Crazy. Well, I, let's have people. Uh, if you're listening to this in the comments section uh, over over on the Facebook page or uh, on the YouTube's, whatever, tell us what your grails are and what you're looking forward to uh, as far as films in 2015. Good idea. And tell us if you have a different definition of white whale versus holy grail. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see uh, the listeners and, and points if you uh, post as Captain Ahab when you mention white whale. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that, that's a that's a whole lot of talking for for one episode, fellas. We're making up for our lost time. Absolutely. Now. So uh, we'll get this one in the can and get it posted, and we'll start talking about our next episode. Very good. As, all, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, you know, keep collecting. That's right. We Buy will. toys. Keep Never grow toys. up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs>